0: Hey, 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 welcome to the Flow and Flourish podcast. I am your host, the capacity coach, Nicole Rohn, and I am so excited that you are here. This is the safe space where we talk openly and honestly about all the competing priorities we have on a regular basis. And I share my wisdom, tips, tricks, and resources on how to help you manage your capacity so that you can flow effortlessly and flourish tremendously. Speaking of tips, tricks, tools, and resources, this episode is being brought to you by the Flow and Flourish Toolkit. Yes, I have put everything I know and everything I teach about into a toolkit that is a digital download as well as 20 different mini courses. So if you have not gotten it already, make sure you head on over to my website to get the toolkit and the link is also here for you right in the show notes. In the meantime, let's go ahead and get into today's episode. Marsha Flemings is a leadership coach, consultant, and author who helps corporate managers become high-impact leaders who create new leaders and help them build success with ease. After being a leader in the hospitality industry for over 20 years, Marsha decided to repurpose her talents and expertise by starting her own consulting firm, where she now helps individuals and organizations increase their leadership skills through impact and influence. She's a wife, a mom, a two-time author, and she hosts the Lead Her Lab series on YouTube. Please help me welcome my good sister friend, Marsha, to the Flow and Flourish podcast. Okay, Ms. Marsha, (laughs) ma'am, this has been such a
1: long time coming welcome to the Flow and Flourish podcast. It's my pleasure to be here with you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for our conversation today.
0: Oh, goodness. I'm just as excited. Now, you know, I know I want to, you know, before we jump into all the goodness, talk a little bit about kind of how we met, because it was a couple years ago. I think I was a purpose to
1: platform challenge coach, right? Yes, you were. Yeah. So Patrice Washington had the Purpose the platform challenge. And I believe this was probably 2020, maybe 2021, but I'm more thinking 2020. And you were one of the coaches and you were just so engaging, so open, so warm. You just immediately stood out. I mean, all the coaches were great, but you just stood out to me. And I believe after that, I connected with you just to say thank you, or, you know, just to say, I appreciated all that you had done in Mm -hmm. that challenge. And I didn't sign up for the program, but you kind of stayed with me. (laughs) And so when I was doing my IG live series, the Lead Her Live series, I reached out to you because I really do believe that the work that you do in teaching us and having these conversations with women about our capacity and how we maneuver those things, I really wanted to have my community experienced that because I know it's something that most, if not all women have to work through at some point. So mm-hmm. yeah, you really stood out to me. I loved your presence. I loved your energy. You seem sincerely engaged with all of us in the challenge and how you could support us. And so you kind of just stuck with me. You're
0: making me blush girl. <laughs> but it's all yeah. true though. Like I'm not blowing up smoke anywhere. It's just, I know. It's, it's true. <laughs> Gosh, I remember the couple of conversations that we had. And so I thank you for that and for staying connected. And then even having me on the series that you had, because that was good. It was so good. And I'm so grateful to have been able to chat with you and all the ladies that were there because that series is amazing. And I know you have your YouTube channel. And we'll talk a little bit about that as well. But ma'am, tell me what prompted you to do the Lead Her series? Is it kind of based on what you're doing in corporate and now you doing what you're doing in terms of purpose work and calling? So
1: what caused me to do the Lead Her series really has to do with the work that I do as a consultant and as a coach and wanting to provide, you know, that kind of support to my IG community because that's the platform that typically I'm most present on. And I Mm -hmm. had a lot of young women who at different points, they were sending me DMs, they had different things that they were maneuvering at work. And many of them didn't feel like they had the kind of support that they needed on the job, whether it was their direct managers or even from a human resources perspective. <clears throat> and they wanted to grow. They wanted to, you know, accelerate their own careers. They wanted to show up more powerfully as leaders. They wanted to be placed in leadership roles. Some of them were not yet. And so they would have questions And based on what I would normally share, based on my most recent book you know, I started to get DMs. And so I just said, okay, let me just do a live series weekly. And that's really what I have transported to you starting my YouTube channel.
0: Okay, yeah. And that's so important, right? Like I can remember being in leadership and wanting to take that next step. And sometimes you don't know how to get there because oftentimes we don't really see people that look like us all the time. And so it seems a little bit harder for us So I love that you started this series to really help us understand how to elevate and, you know, take our careers to the next level and understanding the personal side of how that really impacts us as well. Um, And I know that you are an author. Talk
1: to me about your most recent book. So my most recent book, From Leadership to Legacy, 11 Strategies to Build a Connection with Your Team and Create Massive Success, And again, it all comes from the same place of wanting to help young persons who step into their career thinking, okay, I'm going after that title. I'm giving myself five years, 10 years, you know, whatever it is. And they're pursuing the next thing and they're looking for the corner office and they're looking for the big title and they're looking Mm -hmm. for the amazing compensation package. And all of that is great and it's good, but without the foundation of understanding who you need to be, how you show up for other people, the people who are going to be on your team, your ability to impact them and understanding how that's going to create success for you. Mm -hmm. Without that kind of knowledge, it makes the journey that much harder, that much longer. You know, you take some bumps and bruises that you could have avoided. And so I wanted to help young professionals in particular understand that it's beyond the title and it's beyond seeking the influence because we always hear it. Leadership is about influence. And yes, it definitely has to do with your ability to influence people. But I just realized that the easiest thing, instead of focusing on influence, if we focus on impact, if we Mm -hmm. focus on how do I help this person become better? How do I help them show up better as a professional? How do I help them get to the next level? How do I help them unlock everything that they have inside of them? When I start to do that as a leader with the people on my team, Mm -hmm. They start to show up differently. They start to produce even better results, right? And there is a level of not just commitment and loyalty, but buy-in for the vision Mm -hmm. that I've created as a leader that I just get something out of them that if you're not taking that intentional approach, you just don't get it. So that kind of intentional approach about impact, it builds a better connection with your team. They trust you more. And you're creating success for them and for the organization and obviously Mm -hmm. for yourself.
0: Yes. And you are literally making my HR heart smile because understanding, you know, what I've realized, which is pretty similar to what you just said, that when you are in a leadership role, it's not about the big office. It's not about, you know, the parking spot with your name on. It's not about the money, although those things are important, but in order for you to do that in a sustainable way and to really have impact, it starts with how you show up and being able to guide other people and bring them together and bring out the best in them. And so that just makes me even more excited to have you here on this I am a history maker series because the work that you do is so needed. And helping. I remember being a struggling young professional, right? And trying to figure out, I want to get there. How do I do that? And then as I navigated into the space that I'm in now, which is what we're going to dive into, I wanted to figure out how do I take all of this stuff that I've done and all these years of HR and all of these different leadership positions and my corporate experience and how do I apply that to what I feel is my calling? Something that I feel like is literally calling me to come Mm -hmm. and do. And it's based off of that impact, right? So let's talk a little bit about this. I know, you know, before we hopped on, we talked a little bit about going from corporate to calling. What does that mean to you? And how do we do that? Because there's a lot of us that are still in that, you
1: know, that segue. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Talk to me about that. So for me, whether you call it corporate to calling, career to calling, the person it's speaking to is a person who is they're doing their job and they don't necessarily hate it. they're not necessarily you know pulling their hair out, but they are feeling like I'm meant for more. I have the capacity to do more. I desire to make a greater impact, and yes, I'm making an impact on my job, but I just feel like there's more inside of me that I could do, should do, and I want to figure out how to unlock that. And that's a journey that took me several years and it led me into the work that I'm doing now. And so that's really where it's stemming from because my intention behind supporting young professionals in particular, in their leadership journey, it's in every area of their life. So yes, Mm -hmm. it's in corporate. Yes, it's in entrepreneurship, but overall it's in your impact in this world, in your life. Like what does your life contribute to others? And if you are in your career and you're feeling like I'm meant for more, not just meant for more money, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm, meant, yep. I'm meant to make a bigger difference. There's more that I can give to this world. Then that's where the corporate to calling conversation comes in. It's like, how do you figure out how to unlock that?
0: Yeah. Oh, I relate to that so much because I remember being at that crossroad in 2020. Right. And it was, Now, it had been tugging on me for a while where I felt the same thing, right? I didn't hate my job. I loved what I was doing. I loved the people that I was working with, but it was like this, it was almost this nagging desire that wouldn't go away no matter how much I tried to put it to the back of my mind Mm -hmm. that I wanted to have a greater impact outside of the people that I worked with in that building because I saw what I was able to do with the people there, right? But understanding that me being in this world was much more bigger than just the organization that I was working in. So when you feel that sometimes we tend to run away from that, but I love that you are helping us to run towards that because it's not always about the money. It's not about how many likes you get on social media. It's about changing this world. And mm-hmm. so when I did that, I know that there are a couple of things that I wish that I would have known now, right? Hindsight is mm-hmm. twenty twenty. Yeah. Um, yeah and making those decisions so let's talk a little bit about how do you actually do that once you recognize like you know what I know that I'm built for more I love what I'm doing and I want to take this and expand it so I can impact more people
1: so before we dive into that I just want to touch on something because you said you loved your career you didn't hate what you were doing for me I didn't hate it but I was like oh this is not it <laughs> So I had a 19 year career in hospitality and tourism, Mm -hmm. and I'd say like 12 years in, I really started to get on H&S. And I was getting promoted those first 10 years. I was averaging a promotion every year and a half. And then I really started to focus on how I created those opportunities for other young professionals in that organization, how I helped to develop them and invest in them so that they could experience that kind of success. And that's the aspect of my job that I really connected with. Now Mm -hmm. you're in hospitality and tourism, you know, customer service and any industry connected to that always speaks about the customer and, you know, being very customer centric. But for me in my day-to-day experience, the thing that left me feeling fulfilled was really how I was helping other young professionals. So like 12 years in, I really got an itch like, there's something more that I need to be doing with my life. And this ain't quite it, right? Yeah. And I, didn't it. I didn't hate it. I was just like, this is not the best use of me. That's how yes. I felt.
0: Yeah. I'm yeah. glad you brought that up because although I loved what I was doing, I had that same itch. It was like, I've outgrown this. I love it. I can do it with my eyes closed and my hands tied behind my back, but it doesn't feel good in here. I'm not fulfilled by this. And so you having that itch is what propelled you to really create a space to be
1: able to do the things that we're doing. So I get it. I get it. The thing is, I sat with that itch for a little while because I really didn't know what the best use of me in this life looked like. Mm -hmm. And I started writing when I was eight years old. So I'm just going to tell you really quickly how things started to shift with me because I started to explore. right? And I really started to ask myself questions like I started to do personal development courses, and I really wanted to see what was it about myself that wasn't satisfied with where I was, what was it that I needed to be doing that I felt like there's something more, but not being able to identify that more. So I went on a whole discovery about me, mm. what's inside of me, what I can do, what am I Come overlooking? self-discovery. <laughs> you know, and I'll be honest, you know how people say that the why... And it sounds very cliche and overused, but it's what's been true to my life. So my son was born in 2016. And I remember Christmas day, 2015 was when I confirmed that I was pregnant. And almost immediately I started writing letters to him. I got this really nice book and I started writing Mm -hmm. letters to him and I was telling him about who he could become in life. And so these letters they focused on oh, love give me goosebumps. <laughs> They' focused on love they focused on faith they focused on your mindset around money because I really wanted to prepare him as best as I could and my mm. crazed brain once I was pregnant, you know I started thinking how could I make sure that if by chance something happens to him, all that's inside of me that I want to give to him and make sure it's left for him And I was like, you're not entertaining enough to do home videos so let's write <laughs> that's what you do well. And so I started writing these letters and my intention was to continue writing until he's 18 years old. And I had invited my family and my husband to write letters, but the letters just kept pouring out of me. And it's not that my family didn't want to, it's just, I am the natural writer and I was trying Mm -hmm. to make them do the thing that comes out of me. Right. So I just kept writing. And this one day I was at home and I was sitting up in my bed. I was writing another letter to him. And this particular letter was the one that was really focused on him tapping into his purpose and understanding that he's made by a creator. And that's the person who tells him what he's meant to do, right? Mm -hmm. And just his mindset around being able to accomplish those things. And I'm writing this letter and I look over to the monitor because he's sleeping in his crib and I look over to the monitor and something hits me in my gut that says, Mm. oh, so you're really going to sit here. And tell this child about all he could be in this life, but then he's gonna grow up and seeing you and hearing you Mm. talk about things that you want to do that you have not even attempted to do because you're too scared or whatever the reason is. And Mm -hmm. in that moment, I was just like, "Okay, mom." (laughs) You snatched your own edges, huh? (laughs) It's like if if you're gonna do this thing. You're really going to have to do this thing because your talk is not going to be enough for him. Your life must be an example for him. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was just a thought of, oh, I'm going to try not to cry. It was the thought okay. of his life, not being everything it could be because I was not the example I should be. <sighs> ooh. Mm. I literally have
0: goosebumps up and down my arms. And I'm trying not to be a crybaby either, because I was recording a podcast with someone yesterday. I was on their podcast and we talked about just this, right? Leading by example, because our kids do what they see us do, not what we say, right? And so to sit there and realize that you're pouring all of this into your child, but you haven't actually done that. It's like, okay, that's cool. You've told me to do it, but what about you, right? Right. You know, I got this 19 year old that just walked out of here. Right. So all the time I'm constantly thinking about how can I carry myself? What can I do that's going to show her better than I can tell her? Mm-hmm. Because we have to be the living, walking, talking testament for them to see that example. You yes. know what I mean? And so,
1: Absolutely. oh, my gosh, girl, look, <laughs> you because ultimately it's their life to live and. They get to a point where they're making their own choices. Mm-hmm. But what I want my life to represent, which I'm sure is the same thing for you, is that I want you to see it's possible. Yes. If you are willing to do the work to get it and commit to it and see it through, it's possible. And yes. so on this journey, when it's had its moments that were whooping my behind. <laughs> If I was not connected to what I wanted his life to become like, because that's the thing that gave me the reason to really step into this thing, it would have been too easy to walk away. And so when people talk about, you know, really knowing your why as overused as it sounds, it's the truth of the matter because otherwise you give yourself, life will give you many reasons to quit. Oh man. 10,000 a day. (laughs) Yep.
0: Yeah, gosh, you know, the why I know is cliche, but the basics are the basics and the truth is the truth, right? Being connected to that why is what fuels you when stuff gets hard, when life gets to life in you, when you want to give up, when it's like, I could just, for me, some days it's like, I'll just go back and get a cushy HR job because I don't have the capacity for this today (laughs) in this foolishness, in this entrepreneurship world, right? But my why keeps me going, right? And so understanding, you know, not just that why, but having the tools and the know-how on how to navigate that is where you come in because you've mm-hmm. learned a whole lot on your journey and taking what we've learned in our corporate, and our careers and applying this to the itch that we get to wanting to go out and have more impact. Yep. So talk to me a little bit about that.
1: So obviously we spoke about the why and I'm going to give you three other things that I think are critical, but I really want the audience to make sure that that's something that they lock into. Because Mm -hmm. as we just said, it's going to give you 10,000 reasons to quit every single day. (laughs) And if you don't know why you're doing it, then, you know, you look back over your life and you just see a trail of unfinished things because you weren't rooted in why you're doing this in the first place. But, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're at the point that You decide, I want to step into calling. I want to live more intentionally, more purposefully, more impactfully. And I need to figure out how to start doing that. Here are three things that I think are important. Obviously, there are more things, but these are three things that I think are critical and not necessarily in any particular order. So one of the first things I think that we need to do is assess Mm -hmm. ourselves and our skills. Mm-hmm. and if we're familiar with the story of the widow who came to the prophet and you know he said what do you have and she says i have nothing only I have nothing i only have right mm-hmm. and that's the thing with many of us is that the thing that we are really called to a lot of us not everybody but a lot of us we undervalue that thing and we look at it and oh i can only right mm-hmm. or this is nothing really like, what can I do with this? And so mm-hmm. I think it's important for us to be able to objectively assess our skills and our self, because mm-hmm. if we have a blind spot about what we're called to, then it's going to be hard to unlock that thing. So I'll use myself as an example. And there's a young lady who I don't know personally, but she just came to mind. So for me, I was writing since I was eight years old. At eight, I said I wanted to publish my first book at 21. And Mm -hmm. that just shows the limited thinking in my mind at that time that I thought that I had to wait until I was an adult or whatever was going on in my mind. And Mm -hmm. over the years I would write and I would always, you know, just get rid of it. I was always my own toughest critic and I would just think my work was not good enough. And so I never published anything, but the desire to do it never left. And on Mm -hmm. top of that, within the organizations or within any community that I was attached to, it could be as simple as an email. Like consistently people would say, oh my God, you're the only person or one of two people whose emails in this organization I read and I don't pull my hair out because I have an issue with people who use bad grammar. Or people mm-hmm. who come to me and say, okay, I need to write this report. Can you help me? Or can you look over this? And at the time, I didn't really see the connection with my writing, my desire to publish, with what people were asking me to help with, and had mm-hmm. I not been writing these letters to my son, and mm-hmm. then on a flight from the Bahamas to Miami to celebrate my father's mm-hmm. 60th birthday, mm-hmm. had I not been doing that and writing a letter on that plane, and the voice of God says to me, "This is the, your first book." Mm. God, I know you're lying, cause all <laughs> I'm, <just thinking laughs> I'm <this> sorry. This, in this book, Because it's just to my son and I'm teaching him about faith and giving him my own experiences and I'm teaching him about love and giving him my own experiences. This is not meant for the mm-hmm. world, but I was obedient, right? Published that book in 2019 and beyond any sales, beyond any book signings and things that I could have only conjured up in my mind are people who reached out to me to say, listen, I was on the brink of suicide. Uh, and decided to sit with your book. And in fact, it was a young man and my book was positioned for mothers. Mm -hmm. And it was a young man who was a father and he had no reason to be reading the book. Mm -hmm. And he said that morning, something just, uh, he came across a book, he had purchased it like a year ago for a bunch of women and came across one of the copies at his home and decided Mm -hmm. to sit and read it. And he didn't consider himself a reader read through that book in a day and reread it again before the week was done. And he said it put him on a path to seek the help that he needed. So can you imagine that I continued to ignore and say, but I only write well, what can I I do with that? Or in this moment, I hadn't thought of it this way before, but sitting in this moment, I'm thinking of, what should I have written before that could have helped somebody else who may have also been on the brink of suicide? You know, Mm -hmm. so it's important to be able to assess our skills, assess our abilities, and whether you're going to use different assessments that are available online, whether you're going to work with a life coach or, you know, someone that does that kind of work, it's Mm -hmm. important to unlock that. There's a young lady that came to mind. I follow her on Instagram and she's from my home country, Jamaica. She's a chef. She does amazing work, like private parties. Mm-hmm. And I saw her work, and I'm like, one day I have to hire this girl. And mm-hmm. just yesterday, I saw her launching a course to teach other women how to build that kind of business. Come on, I now! I just applauded her because there's so many women who think, "Oh, I'm only a great baker, or I'm only a good chef." There's so many restaurants, there's so many dishes, and we just—it's that widow. Yeah, it's that widow yeah. standing in front of the prophet, and he says, "Well, guess what?" Go get as many jars as you can, because this thing is not going to stop until you stop bringing jars, yep. right? And so it's, and for us to be, yeah. Yeah, it's for us to be able to assess what do we have in our hands? There's
0: so much, so much spinning and buzzing in my brain, right? Like you hit the nail on the head. Number one, we underestimate, overlook, and then undervalue the basic things that we bring to the table. What I learned in P2P and throughout this entire journey and process of me getting to where I am is that the stuff that I take for granted that I'm good at, somebody else is not necessarily good at that, right? right. I can remember Patrice telling me so many times, like, if you come in here one more time and say, I'm just a good listener, I'm just a good problem solver, right? Like, and taking those things, but everybody's listening is a skill. Problem solving is a skill. Everybody don't have it. Writing is a skill. Cooking is a skill. So us being able to take the time, yeah, we can take assessments, right? You can, you know, do all of those different things. But for me, sitting back and really like reflecting over my life, where have people asked me to do X, Y, and Z? And your email example was perfect, right? Because you think, and I used to think this too, right? Everybody know how to send an email, but they don't know how to send it like you. There are some tactics in making sure that it is clear, that you are saying what you need. You're giving deadlines. There's so many different things. And so if we're looking to step into our calling and take all the things that we have and have this greater impact, we have to be able to step back and look at what we bring to the table that just comes easy and Mm -hmm. naturally to us and stop undervaluing that. Stop mm-hmm. just ignoring it and dismissing it because everybody's not you. You, you are the right. only one that has the fingerprint that you have. And That's so right. you are the only one who can make the impact that you can make. So I love that. Come on now. I went off on you know, a tangent.
1: There, there's somebody else in my life who is somebody that I consider to be very smart and has a very good grasp of English language and can write well. But just to kind of highlight the point that you were also just making, Everybody's not you, because when I consider that person, there is an approach that they have with communication that really more speaks to them getting their point across. And as you said, everybody's not a good listener. And so you have to also figure out, okay, in this particular combative situation, how can I respond and write in a way that still solicits support and a resolution? And so it goes back to the point of everybody's not you. And so you look at it and I could dismiss it and think, oh, this is normal. This is what everybody does. But no, it's not. And so whatever (laughs) your thing is, there is a way that you do it that truly is not a way that everybody else does it. And that's the reason that the people who you are meant to serve, the lives you are meant to impact, they're going to be drawn to you because of that particular way that you do it. You know what I mean? Mm
0: -hmm. Yes, ma'am. Yes and amen to all of that. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So after we've sat and kind of assessed
1: ourselves, what do we do next? I think one of the other things to do is to create a vision, right? Really map it out. And creating the vision takes in a few things you have to consider. One, understanding that you're at the beginning stages of creating something new right? And it's okay to understand. And I would encourage people to understand that over time, things evolve. Over time, Mm -hmm. things change. When I first started out after publishing my first book, I had launched a course about living intentionally or mastering intentional living. Not one person bought that course. Not one. This was back in 2019, not one person. And again, another way of overlooking, I didn't look at how my 19 years in leadership, how I created success for myself and my team to think that that's what I was going to be coaching on. And it mm-hmm. took me sitting down again and going through this process and someone who knows me saying, I think you're overlooking something here
0: mm.
1: because you look at what you've been able to do in your career. Look at what you've been able to do for others through your career. And I cannot tell you how being a leadership consultant and coach has unlocked so many different things in my life right so mm-hmm. when you're writing the vision be as clear as you can when you are creating it because the point of writing it and being clear is so that you and somebody else can run right That's what the <laughs> you can run are. with it you, right <laughs> you can run with it and if you're not clear if it's not mapped out properly you can't run but the thing with having the vision and ha- with having an outline is that as things shift and shape as you know how you have GPS and you, mm-hmm. put in, you put in your location, you put in the destination, you have your signal. And if something's popping up along the way, because you have a destination that you're working towards, it gives you alternate routes. Well, creating yep. your vision and mapping it out gives you that opportunity to still be fluid through the ups and the downs. So I think that writing the vision, mapping it out to a point that it keeps you on track, it keeps you clear on what you are building but you are flexible for how it evolves. I think that that is one critical component.
0: Yeah. And I agree completely because, you know, even when I started doing what I'm doing now as a capacity coach and as a speaker, I say all the time, creating a podcast was not part of this vision. Let me just be clear, right? This was not what I thought that I was going to do. But I understand that my end goal, right, is to have that impact, to have that influence, to change lives. And so I've utilized this as an opportunity to reach people all over the world, right, Mm -hmm. to be able to fulfill that vision. The vision is to help as many women and organizations as I can understand how their capacity impacts their personal and professional life, right? Now, if I would have just said, nope, I'm just, I'm going out. I'm only going to do individual coaching. I'm only going to do group coaching. I don't care about none of these alternative Mm -hmm. routes. I wouldn't be able to get to the vision, right? To really fulfill that. So I love that you say being open to those alternative routes and really being flexible, right? Because the goal is the goal. How you get there is going to shift. And I'm a football lover, right? And so I understand that, you know, when you're trying to get a touchdown, sometimes the quarterback might have to hike the ball. Sometimes you might have to do a short pass or a run pass. There's going to be a lot of different ways you can get that touchdown.
1: You can't stick to just one play. So I get the point of what you're saying, but I'm so not a football girl.
0: (laughs) It's okay. It's okay. I lost you with football. It's all right.
1: (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm more of a soccer girl. It's a whole Caribbean thing. But- One of my first coaches that I ever worked with, she used to say, keep your goal in mold and your plan in sand, Mm. right? So you're still working to build the same thing, but as you said, being fluid with how you get there, right? And you understanding that there are other opportunities and other avenues that I can use to get to the same goals, to create that level of impact. To even create that level of income, because again, our ambition is a good thing, right? I'm just talking mm-hmm. about understanding that its impact and legacy, those things are bigger than our ambitions for ourselves and for our families, right? It's about mm-hmm. how do you impact other lives and ripple into the future through touching somebody else's life. But yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely, Goal in mold and your plan in sand.
0: I like that. You're going to have to send that to me. (laughs) I I don't have my pen to write it down, or I'd be right. That's fine. I will. And I'll give her credit too. Please do, because that's good, right? Like when you're on this journey to fulfill your calling, you know, you got to have that flexibility. So we got those two, right? We have that we're going to assess, we're going to write out our vision. Now, what's number three? What have you learned on your way to doing this that you wish you could have
1: known beforehand? I believe communicating, assessing the impact. So when you consider what it is that you want to build, you want to assess, because we're talking about expanding yourself beyond corporate into calling. And that may look like still working in corporate and pursuing other things that allow you to have a greater impact, or it may lead to you stepping out of corporate. But Mm -hmm. ultimately, whatever it looks like, whatever industry you're in, it's going to have an impact on your life. And by extension, it's going to have an impact on the people and the things in your life. So is this going to affect your family, the vision that you're building? How is it going to affect your finances? How is it going to affect your marriage? How is it going to affect your time? And this is kind of stepping into your zone of capacity, right? But Mm -hmm. talking about assessing it from the perspective of looking at how could this potentially impact, for example, if you're married or you have kids, what kind of time is this going to require from me? How is it going to affect me being present in these relationships? And Mm -hmm. then it's having these conversations with these key people in your life, or, you know, looking at your finances, for example, that's another big area. But having the conversations with the important people who this is likely to affect. And I'm not talking about asking for permission, because if we are created to do something, then our obedience needs to be to God. But we Mm -hmm. cannot diminish the role that people play in our lives. We cannot diminish the value that we have in these relationships. And Mm -hmm. even with my first book, I could have done a much better job of communicating beforehand to my husband that this is what I'm thinking, this is what I'm building, and this is how it's likely to affect my time. So this is one of the things that it was a hindsight 2020 vision kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That I had to learn that. Okay, so you are pursuing this thing, but how is it going to impact your life? Because I was still going to work. I had a very demanding job. Mm-hmm. That my average day was probably somewhere between 12 to 14 hours. Yes. My average day, right? Such a pearls. <laughs> and I was using whatever lunchtime I would have to work on my book. I would come home and stay up at nights working on the book. So it took something from me and whatever new we're building, it's going to take something from some area of your life because Mm -hmm. you're now having to make space and room for something new. And it doesn't mean, Oh, everything is pushed away. It just means what adjustments do I need to make? Is this for a period? Is this for a year? Mm -hmm. Is this for multiple years? Is this until I hit a particular goal? Is this until the book is finished? Is this until mm-hmm. I found the location? Whatever it may be, you want to look at, what is how is this going to impact my life? Particularly, you know, the big ones are my family, my marriage, my finances, my time, and what I give my time to. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, if you're in a season of life where maybe you're single, you don't have any kids, your main priority is just your work, and you don't have a whole lot of things that... Demand your time, then maybe that's not the consideration for you. Maybe the consideration Mm -hmm. is your finances. So, what kind of resources will you need to be putting into this? And what adjustment will you need to make in where you used to spend to be able to facilitate this new direction that you're heading in? So, Mm -hmm. it's assessing the impact of the vision that you are now working on and having the necessary conversations and being clear on the different adjustments that you need to make.
0: Yeah, look, I wish somebody would have sat down and told me that too, right? Because, you know, while I did do some of the planning, so one of the major things that we kind of talked about is that when I knew that it was time for me to step into this calling, I knew it was going to affect our finances because I was bringing in six figures in my cushy HR job, right? And so one of the things that we decided to do collectively I had to talk to my husband and say, look, this is what I want to pursue. I want us to downsize because Mm -hmm. I want to go all in and do what I need to do. And I know that doing that means that I need to step back from the corporate side. It wasn't an immediate boom, I'm done. It was, you know, slowly, but we planned for that part. But what I didn't plan for was the amount of time that it was going to take because in my mind, right? Now, I worked some long days in HR, but when you are working on something that you are passionate about, that you are walking in obedience about, when I tell you time flies, like it would be from, as my brother would say, from ding till dawn, right? (laughs) I would be sitting there working on the computer. I'm like, Mm -hmm. did I pee today? Did I eat? Like, what is this? Because you get so consumed Mm -hmm. and so... Really, I know you don't know what you don't know, but hearing both of us, right, those who are listening, I want you to take it from us. You can get completely consumed in what it is that you're doing. So planning your time. And this is where that capacity comes in, right? Like Mm -hmm. how much time are you willing to give to this thing? Mm -hmm. But how much time are you going to make for the other things and people that are a priority in your life? Because like you said, you might be single, right? Maybe working is all that you do. But I'm sure you have a mom, a dad, a friend, a pet that needs to be walked, yourself that needs to be taken care of. There's still going to be impact around the relationships when you are wholeheartedly pursuing what it is that you feel you've been called to do. And so being aware of that and having those upfront, honest conversations with yourself, really to say, all right, what is my capacity? What am I willing to shift for this season? Because that's going to change. Because can we be honest? Like my capacity shift every other week. It depends on what's going on. Sometimes it's day to day. I can plan all day long. But doing that gets you in the mindset of understanding, I only have so much time. And I want to give some here. I want to give some here. So I'm going to have to have some time boundaries with myself. Mm -hmm. Right? I'm going to have to clearly communicate with the people around me that Look, I'm not coming to birthday parties, anniversary parties for at least the next two weeks because I'm trying to knock this out, whatever it may be. But I love that because, you know, not planning in those parts can make you forget why you're doing what you're doing, right? When you have a, a spouse that's upset, like we live in the same house, but I never see you. All you're doing is working on that book. All you're doing is working on what you're trying to do for capacity, And then you have to fix those relationships. And so Mm -hmm. a lot of people can save a lot of heartache and frustration if they just really think about the impact Mm -hmm. that it's going to have on the people that are closest to them. So I love that. Thank you for sharing that. (laughs) My pleasure. My pleasure. Oh, goodness. So tell me now, you know, I know we're going to wrap up in a few minutes, but I want to think about what is the biggest lesson That you have learned on this journey for you to really step into your calling. As you've navigated through the industry that you've worked in, you've put together these books, these courses, you're out here speaking, helping all of these young professionals really step into that. What's one of the one lessons that you want to leave the listeners with?
1: For me, my faith is the thing that has kept me going because. I've learned a long time ago, (laughs) the consequences (laughs) of disobedience. (laughs) Ma'am, I'm Um,
0: not even going to go there with you today.
1: (laughs) I've I've learned it. And I know that faith is a touchy subject or can be a touchy subject. I suspect for your audience, it's probably not as difficult as it is Mm -hmm. for some people. But there was a point in this journey, just as I was preparing to launch my first book, and I was registering my business and I said, God, I'm completely trusting you on this journey because what I know for sure is I can do this. I had zero desire. In fact, all my life, my friends who I thought as, oh, they have the hustle mentality or, you know, I saw them doing entrepreneurship. I always said I could never do that. That's what I always told myself, Speaking right? my language.
0: <laughs> That's not and me, so, right?
1: <laughs> I remember December, 2018. It was either late the end of December, or early January, because my book came out mid-January 2019. So it had to have been end of December. I remember sitting there and I'm like, God, I cannot do this without you. And I can't use you. You know, so I can't just rely on you to help this go well. I realized that I have to repair my relationship with you. The start of my business was actually the point that I said, God, I'm surrendering everything about me and about my life to you because this season that I'm stepping into, and it wasn't just the season of, oh, I'm building a business. No, it's also understanding because it happened around the same time of the awareness of my son and his life and all of those things. And I said, I can't be the mom I'm supposed to be for him. And I really can't help him. Even all these letters I'm writing without you guiding me how to mother him, how to steward him really, because Mm you put him in my life, the decisions I'm supposed to make, I can't make them without you,
0: Mm -hmm. you know? And so
1: my faith and being willing to go through the journey of it all, the journey of my faith, the journey of the business, the journey of creating a new product, a new book, whatever it is, it's being open to understanding that this journey is not just gonna go up and it's just the starting point and it's all an ascension. It's It's gonna be mosquitoes and rainbows. There are gonna be some
0: drops, there
1: are gonna be some loops and there are gonna be times you're going to be feeling to yourself like what did I get myself into? I remember really quickly so I left corporate March 2020, right? Mm. And I had an exit strategy that I worked for maybe a good three almost four years before walking mm-hmm. away right and <laughs> so when I left my husband was still working and we had this plan we had really good savings and I was relocating from the Bahamas coming into the U.S. finding a new place doing all of these things getting our son into school all mm-hmm. of this and we had this good plan and then what happened the pandemic my <laughs> husband My husband like, was like Jesus you're funny Listen, <laughs> My husband was also in hospitality and tourism. His hotel closed. Mm. So it's very different when you have really good savings, but you still know that you have this one really good income coming in. Mm-hmm. But then that income goes away because hell of the pandemic. <laughs> Right. Pest and so, now, <laughs> so thank God, the savings that we had, we didn't have so that we were able to make it through. But, you know, I'm going through the process of it and there ups and downs. They're launching things and not hitting the targets of sales that you want, or, you know, mm-hmm. you have to put in the work. So it's not a fairy tale. And in the journey, there was a point I sat down and I was in prayer and I was like, you know, God, I didn't do this because i wanted. I was doing this because This is where you were guiding me. So why is this not working? In that moment of prayer, he revealed to me, he's like, yes, you were being obedient, but your confidence wasn't in me. Mm. Your confidence was in all that you had saved up. Mm. Your confidence was in, okay, so you got coaching from here and this is what they said to do. And you think, okay, this is what, so now that the savings (laughs) are not looking like savings, (laughs) They said, where's your confidence, you know? And so that's why I said, for me, it really is my faith. But for anyone that may not have the faith that I have in terms of believing that there is a God and relying on him, the only other way that I could phrase it for that person is to say, you have to be willing to go through the ups and the downs. And if you allow the downs to just wipe you out again, you look back and you'll see a trail of things that you left incomplete and a lot of lives that you were meant to impact that you didn't get to because it's not going to be smooth sailing. And I hate to end on this note where it feels like doom and gloom, but it's the reality of it, all right? Mm -hmm. There's a reward and there are many rewards. And being in this experience, I wouldn't change it for anything, no. But I would encourage anyone embarking on this to understand that, They're going to be exciting times, Mm -hmm. but they're also going to be times where you've got to hold on (laughs) and just keep working the vision, keep evaluating, keep adjusting and keep moving forward.
0: Yeah. And that's not doom and gloom. That's not doom and gloom. It's telling the truth because, you know, when I started this journey, I was bright eyed and bushy tailed. And I just thought that, oh, I got this coaching. I got this strategy. Boom. It's just going to, you know, take this. off like it's it's not, nothing. It's so good this, <laughs> right? But that's not how it works. And I think the more honest that we are about the transition that you make when you're really doing this purpose work, the more equipped people are going to be to sustain the ups and the downs that come along with it. Because when I tell you every other day, you know, for a long time I was like, indeed, I'm about to put my resume. I'm gonna right because it's like this is hard. Also, I want to say one other thing, and then I'm going to ask you a couple of the flow and flourish questions that I ask at the end. I feel like everybody that I've talked to over the last couple of years, 2018, 2019 was like a come to Jesus surrendering sort of year. It was like in the atmosphere because 2019 is actually when I filed the paperwork for my LLC. It's when I was in the hospital because I was at max capacity. It's when, you know, I separated from my husband. It was all of those different things, like the first quarter of 2019. And so for you to sit here and say that at that time, you were also having this come to Jesus moment and you were surrendering, you know, what God wanted you to do. I feel like we're part of that generation that took that obedience around with it. And having your faith, like during this process, You know, that's one of the pillars that I have. That's for Mm -hmm. me, the foundation and functioning, regardless of who or what you believe. To me, your faith is knowing that there is something out there bigger than you and you believe in that. And that is what's guiding you to Mm -hmm. help carry you through, you know, you walking in purpose, you having this impact and you really being able to touch and change the lives of people. Cause mm-hmm. got to hold on to something. You have to, or you're going to be crawled up or balled up in the corner, sucking your thumb. Maybe with a shot of something because it gets rough, right?
1: <laughs> it, does. it does get oh, rough.
0: Goodness. So I've kind of already asked you one of the questions, right? Like what's one of the things that you want to leave with the audience, but I have two more that I want to ask you. Okay. Number one, if you could go back in time, and have a conversation with the 17-year-old version of yourself. I know, right? And give her one piece of advice and one piece of advice only. What would it be and why? Oh, just one? Just one. We pulling one
1: nugget. (laughs) 17-year-old Marsha needed. (laughs) Okay, so one piece of advice that I would give my 17-year-old self is you're worth it hear me when I say this and I had to find a way to kind of connect all the things that I'm thinking of. So whether you're choosing a relationship, you're worth the type of relationship that supports your value. Whether Mm. you're looking at something that you feel like, oh, I couldn't achieve that. No, you're worth it. Right? So it's like all the things that you look at, whether you're accepting something that you shouldn't and you feel like this doesn't feel right, you're worth more. You are worth having the thing that you desire. Go pursuing that dream. It's worth it. You Mm -hmm. are worth it. For me, that's the thing that was really true to me because for a long time, I couldn't see my value. I couldn't feel like I fit in anywhere or understand what am I here to do? You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. I really struggled with identifying my own value. And it's funny because my parents, my dad in particular, really tried to instill something different. But for whatever reason, it took a long time to connect. And I would want her to know that. The desire in your heart, the dream that you have, you're worth it. Pursue it. If a relationship doesn't feel right to you, you are worth having the type that you desire. You are Mm. worth it. You don't have to accept anything less than what feels like, you know, it's not worthy of you. That's good. I'm look, my arms are so goosebumps
0: because, you know, I see everybody's face when I ask that question at 17 for me, that was the crux, right? I was on a crossroad there and being able to pour into that 17 year old version of ourselves, I think would really change the trajectory. Right. So I love it. You're worth it in all places, spaces, things, and opportunities. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. Okay. So the last question that I have for you is since we're on the flow and flourish podcast and you know, I'm the capacity coach, Tell me a thing or two that you do to make sure that you manage your capacity so that you can flow and flourish in your personal
1: or professional life. Oh, real easy. The first one (laughs) came right to my mind. Best (laughs) place. No, because 2023, I tried to operate intentionally, but this year I'm really like trying to take it up a notch. Mm -hmm. And so I scheduled everything. So for example, my son and I just had a mommy-son date. And my husband and my stepdaughter were doing their father-daughter date that same day. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I would have sometimes these things in my mind as something to do and say, okay, we'll do that monthly. But actually putting things in my calendar, no matter what it is, right? And I make sure like, you know, there are reminders a week out, whatever the case is. So I'm creating space for the things that are important. So, you know, December leading into this year, I took the time to think, okay, Other than my business, which obviously things are going to get planned, what Mm -hmm. are the other areas of my life that I want to make sure I continue to be intentional about and even more intentional and schedule everything? (laughs) Mm, So I'm cheesing because I love
0: it because my calendar is that way. Like I literally was just sitting down Saturday or Sunday. I even put in like my son's haircuts, right? And Mm -hmm. so I booked his haircuts all the way out until May until I couldn't book them anymore. But here we are in March. I'm like, okay, the haircuts end in May. I need to book the rest out through the end of the year. That goes in my calendar. My workout time, my prayer time. I too just had a mommy daughter date on Friday with my daughter where we went to a little concert. That's in the calendar. Date night. So come on now, capacity (laughs) and flowing and flourishing. Put that calendar to work Mm -hmm. and let it help you so that you can literally see how you're spending your time. The things that are important to you need to be on your calendar. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, and so yeah. the second thing for me would be becoming intentional, not just intentional, but non-negotiable about taking care of myself. So 2020, when I moved here, you know, the kids were home. So my son was home with me and I was dealing with mommy guilt. Like if I was trying to work in the day. So I decided, okay, I'm going to give him my full attention. And it was almost as if he was in school. So we would do reading and spelling and math. And I was even introducing him to Spanish. And we were doing it. And then I would take him outside. And so I committed the daytime to him. And when I would put him to bed, I would be up working most nights until about three, four in the morning. And Mm -hmm. he used to get up really early back then. So he would be up like five, five thirty sometimes. So I would get maybe two hours of sleep. And because in my head, I left my corporate job. And I tell you, I was relying on Marsha because I was like, I got to make something. Oh, happen. look, you know, I know. You know, I know. You see this thing? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so at the end of 2020, I had a crash. And then 2021 came around. And the year started off crazy because just a lot of things came up that I had to start planning on working on. And I just wasn't intentional about taking my health seriously. And a lot was happening in my family. I was under a lot of stress, and by the end of 2021, it was ridiculous. I would be waking up in the middle of the night, feeling like there was a hand around my heart, just squeezing it. You know, like just really bad. And I would go to the doctor. I can't even count how many scans, tests, whatever blood tests. they tell you you're work. fine,
0: right? I, I did everything,
1: <laughs> and they couldn't find anything. And I looked at how I was operating 2020. 2021 and how it affected my 2022. I had no energy. I was sick all the time. I had to spend a lot of time at the doctor's office. And I just got to the point where I said, you know what? We're doing it differently. Mm -hmm. And so I have to be intentional about how I eat. I don't believe in depriving myself, but Mm -hmm. I have to become more intentional about managing how well, managing if I'm stress eating or just grabbing for the next thing. Or no, I'm in a few weeks period where I can work out twice a day. So I go in the mornings and then go in the evenings. That's not something I'm going to do all year, but I've decided Mm -hmm. for this period that I'm able to, that's what I'm going to do. Right. And I'm going to come in alignment with the fact that I know my body's already healed and I'm going to do the things that I need to do because the truth is when I don't take care of myself, I don't have the energy that I should have for anything. I don't have it for my kids. I don't have it for my husband. I don't have it for my business. I don't have it for myself, right? Mm. And who wants that? Who wants to be feeling tired and having to lay down and take a nap all the time? I don't want that. Mm. I want to have the life in my body and the strength and the energy in my body to do the things that I desire to do. I want to be able to go out with my son, with my husband, with my stepdaughter and be able to enjoy the time and not feel exhausted, right? And so I've had to become more intentional I say it this way. So people understand it's not just about, Oh, being a size, whatever, or some weight. it's really about having the energy and the strength to do the things that are important to you. Right. And so that's something mm-hmm. is a thing that helps me to create capacity to have the energy to do these things.
0: You know, I'm smiling over here because all of that is creating capacity in your health flow, right? Like, Nothing that you said made me think that you are trying to go to the gym and eat better because you're trying to lose weight. You want capacity. You want mental capacity, physical capacity. You want to have the energy to show up. And I'm so excited. I always talk about like the keys to managing your capacity are awareness, alignment, and action. And you just showed that, right? The awareness, you're aware of how you operated in 2020, 2021, how it affected you in 2022. So you aligned all of your behaviors to support the way that you want to feel. And now you're taking action, right? Mm-hmm. It is mm-hmm. non-negotiable for you to take care of your health. So like,
1: look, you need to just and be I the spokesperson to, for capacity. I want to make sure listening to know it's okay to want to lose some weight. It's okay yeah. to want to be fine. I want to be fine. Right? Girl, you already fine. Again. Stop it. <laughs> but... The driving thing, the main thing, is having the health and the energy and the strength in my body to do what I need to do, and then the fine is the icing. Icing, right? That's the icing. That's like the cherry on top, the sprinkles,
0: right? Oh my gosh, I love it! Thank you so so much. Like I just, I'm so grateful for your time, your presence, and your energy. I know that we'll be doing more things together in the future. I just, I love and appreciate you. Before you get out of here, tell everybody kind of where they can find you, you know, anything that you have going on. I will have the information in the show notes, but I want them to hear it from your beautiful face first.
1: (laughs) So I'm mostly on Instagram and as I said, building my YouTube now, but I'm also on Facebook and LinkedIn. I have Recession Ready. It's a course that's going to be in the show notes for you. Mm -hmm. So for anybody who is, because you know all this talk of Recession, I yeah. always how can I serve my audience? So I've created just a mini course to help young professionals figure out how do they position themselves to navigate the young professionals who are so young they haven't lived through a recession yet. Yeah, right. recession. <laughs> that my part. Lord. <laughs> this ain't um, our first rodeo, right? <laughs> so I don't know how many of that demographic you have in your audience, but they may be connected to your viewers. So we have recession ready and I'm about to launch career to calling and I'm going to be doing a virtual workshop. So if they get connected to my Instagram page or YouTube, they'll definitely see some more information, but that's upcoming in April, but you won't have the link for that just yet. And yeah, my intention on YouTube is just to be there. It's called the lead her lab with Marsha that's on YouTube. And this month, we've been having some women come in to celebrate women's history month as well. And yeah, that's where I'm going to continue to serve this audience and just help them become leaders who develop leaders.
0: Yes. I love it. And once you get the link for what you have going on, I will share it. Absolutely. You all make sure you go and you follow Marsha on all of the social media platforms, check out YouTube, You're doing some amazing things. And I'm so honored to share this space with you and celebrate you and everything that you do for women during this Women's History Month, because, man, you are a history maker.
1: Thank (laughs) you. Thank you so much. I'm honored to be in your company, as always. I keep telling you, I adore you. I adore you. There's just a life about you that I really do love.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. My pleasure. (laughs) It's so good. Wasn't that good? That was so good, and I'm so grateful for Marsha blessing us with her presence. Make sure that you go follow her, check out her YouTube channel, subscribe to it, and then make sure that you are rating and reviewing the podcast. Thank you, as always, for joining me and sharing your capacity with me, and make sure that you come back next week because I am still on a roll. We're still going to have weekly episodes, and in April, we're going to be talking about stress management as well as addiction. So lots and lots of things to talk about. So until then, thank you again for being the best part of this podcast. And I look forward to continuing to be your capacity coach and helping you to create capacity in your personal and professional life without ever having to sacrifice yourself, your family, and what matters most to you. Talk to you soon.